0: Hi right, guys, this marks episode two of Warrior Poet Profiles and we're going to be looking towards Sparta today. So I've got uh, Stephen Pressfield's Gates of Fire and we're going to be looking at that. Uh, essentially what this book's about is in 480 BC the vast Persian empire uh, led by Xerxes or in uh, the book of Esther it's Ahasuerus I think is the pronunciation. So Esther's husband Xerxes. He's kind of ruled the known world uh, and he uh, he brings his two million plus man army to the shores of Greece to wage war on all of Greece really, but lands on this little rock called Thermopylae, and the hot gates where this battle happens with just 300 Spartans and a few thousand uh, different allied forces, the Athenians and, and some other forces, and they do uh, battle against this, and it was just an epic battle, and this is true history. Stephen Pressfield uh, makes a historical fiction. So yeah, a lot of this is fiction. He imagines different personalities and and different events, but uh, what I noticed and what really struck me about him was he was a very careful historian. uh, So yeah, this is fiction, but the culture, the ideals, the government in general, uh, the military might and strategy, a lot of the personality traits, courage, patriotism are all really just, he nailed it. Uh, So, uh, to get to know the Spartans in a really fun way through fiction, uh, but actually learn good, valuable history, I think Pressfield just rocked it. Um, So, uh, secondarily, I noticed not only was he a real careful historian, but he was also just really understood with amazing depth and clarity the inner mind of a warrior. Uh, the struggles uh, during combat. Uh, and noticed he just keyed in on some stuff that really somebody was, uh, uh, you know, viewing from afar. Someone without experiential knowledge wouldn't really know, so he just nailed those two elements. So for me, I was a big, big fan, and I learned some good stuff about Sparta. It's really embarrassing for me that I hadn't read this many times, uh, before now, but anyway, man alive. And, and I would say as well, with these warrior poet profiles, uh, the idea is to grab a certain personality and view how they're a warrior poet. Uh, with the Spartans, you know, I could jump for King Leonidas, but throughout this book, I really fell in love with the personality of a guy named Deenicus. Uh But regardless, really all the Spartans, they, they kind of stood as one man. It's like a culture of warrior poets. So, Though I'll uh, hit up uh, King Leonidas and, and Deenicus, uh really I'll just be talking about Spartans in general. So uh, anyway, I was very, very impressed. Uh, some other things that uh, Pressfield uh, really keyed in on when it was talking about the mind and struggles of warriors uh, was one, he nailed the sense of humor type aspect. Uh, And so I've got all these different references, and if y'all don't mind, I'm just going to— well, if you do mind, you're just going to change the channel. But on uh, 149, uh, this kid was getting basically beat, punished before, uh, you know, board of elders. Uh, And uh, what they were looking for was uh, this kid to basically break. uh, And this is one excerpt. It says, The prized response, the one that peers look for, is humor. Uh, Defect defamation with a joke, and the coarser the better. Laugh in its face. A mind that can maintain its lightness will not come undone in war. And I think that's absolutely right. If somebody doesn't have a good sense of humor and can't laugh at their misery and laugh in the midst of terror, usually they don't have the mental uh, the ability to really come. They'll, they're too brittle. They'll uh, buckle. Uh, when stress comes, so being able to laugh in the midst of a uh, terrible, terrible end—that's right on the uh, other side. It's uh, it's a real cool thing. Uh, another thing came from uh, let's see, page 371, uh, right here. Um, let's see, uh, th- they were running kind of this black op behind the Persian lines to try to assassinate Xerxes, the Persian king, and Dinaeus with this other war scouting party is going around there, um, uh, basically. Uh, traveling in the, you know, mid water and they're just miserable. They're all cut up and bloodied and limping from battle so they could barely move. And Deenicus, kind of my hero here in the book, uh, his leg becomes entangled in some reeds and he falls underneath and it's really cold and he comes up snorting, like laughing. And someone's like, hey, what are you, what are you laughing at? And he was just I was just wondering if it's possible to get any more miserable and he chuckled darkly i suppose if a river snake crawled up my butt and gave birth to quintuplets and all kinds of stuff that you all saw from the movie 300 which is a a, not nearly as good of a count uh, of this but it had some really good moments as well you see denicus he's like we're with you sir for sparta that was denicus the guy who jumps really far i think that that's uh who it was uh based on but yeah yeah it was because uh it's like uh, uh xerxes uh, army is so vast their archers blot out the sun I mean, there's so many arrows it blots out the sun and he's the guy that says then we'll fight in the shade and uh that that kind of dark sense of humor is ever so befitting a good warrior uh that mental elasticity and levity uh, that he brings so cool uh so um anyway also dealing with fear i thought was a really good thing it's not You know, soldiers, and I remember a quote by George S. Patton uh, about this, Old Blood and Guts, uh, talking about uh, what courage was. It doesn't mean that you don't get afraid. It's what you do once you are afraid. And so even the Spartans, he didn't try to immortalize them as these fearless, stoic statues of courage. Instead, he brought a very human element that I thought was very realistic. Uh, So um, uh, there's uh, this place... Uh, where Deenicus is asking a couple young upcoming Spartans who are still kind of in their training he's like listen hey what defeated uh, our foe on the battlefield and the boy responded our steel and our skill these yes Deenicus corrected him gently but something more uh, it is that and he gestures up toward the slope uh, to the image of Phobus, uh, that's uh, Greek for fear and he says uh, fear their own Fear defeats our enemies. Now answer this. What is the source of fear? And Alexandros' reply faltered. And Deenicus reached with his hand, touched his own chest and shoulder, and says, Fear rises from this, the flesh. This, he declared, is the factory of fear. And so Deenicus is this great warrior poet, this great warrior philosophy, plumbs the depths of fear, gets intimately aware of it. I come up, and I know this is... Stupid fiction, but the movie quote uh, stuck with me uh, in this uh, one of the latter James Bond movies with Daniel Craig. Uh, he's in- interviewing this sex trafficked gal, and uh, she says, "What do you know of fear?" And he answers back with those uh, those blue eyes of his, and he says, "Sounds like I got a man crush on him. I don't." <laughs> ah, I should totally edit that out. Shut up, all of you. Shut up. Uh, so, any, anyway, he answers back all there is, and I thought that was awesome. You know, he wasn't above fear either. So that was that was good writing right there. Uh, uh, but anyway, I, I, I really like that. And then he begins this discussion on what is the opposite of fear, and it's meaningless to just say fearlessness. That's just playing with words. What's the true opposite of fear? And he answers that a little bit later. And as we keep going on through the Uh, this little interview here uh, will deal with it. Now let's talk about why the Spartans, and particularly Deenicus and the Spartan King, King King Leonidas, were warrior poets. One, because they're incredible fighters. That's part of the thrust here of the channel. Not just poets, but amazing fighters, skilled at violence so that we might protect people uh, as well. So that's that's part of the big pillar of what we're trying to accomplish here as fellow warrior poets. It's not just a gesture tucking a gun in our pocket and saying, warrior, it's training, it's effort, it's work, and these guys were uh, not just strong, but they were brilliant tacticians disciplined and, and the students of psychology and positioning and timing and all those elements that they brought to the battle uh, here I've got a cool excerpt that kind of captures the spirit of this it's, uh, it's 296 and here it is right here all oh, that felt good all right uh, so. Uh, Let's see, Dean had ever declared the supreme accomplishment of the warrior to perform the commonplace under far from commonplace conditions. I think about this uh, pretty regularly. I'll see people just run their rifles out on the range and do good things, and then you put uh, a great amount of stress on them and they fall to pieces sometimes. Uh, it's being able to perform the commonplace, that which to many is automatic, but being able to perform that when everything is falling into chaos. Yeah, now it goes on not only to achieve this for oneself alone, as Achilles or the son of champions of yore, but to do it as part of a unit. To feel about oneself, one's brothers in arms in an instant like this of chaos and disorder, comrades whom one doesn't even know, with whom one has never trained. To feel them filling the spaces alongside him from feet, uh, from spear side and shield side. Fore and rear to behold one's comrades likewise rallying, not in frenzy of mad possession-driven abandonment, but with order and self-composure, each man knowing his role and rising to it, drawing strength from him as he draws it from them. The warrior in these moments, listen, guys, the warrior in these moments find themselves lifted as if it were by the hand of God. He cannot tell where his being leaves off. And that of the comrade beside him begins. In that moment, the phalanx, that was kind of their military formation, forms a unity so dense and so all divining that it performs not merely at the level of a machine or a great engine of war, but surpassing that to the state of a single organism, a beast of one blood and one heart. And I thought that was really, really cool. And then it goes on, as like, war is work. And I love that phrase. I'm going to work it into some stuff as well. But war is work. There's no mystery and magic about it. Uh, you put in the time, you put in the work, you put in the effort, you get good training, and you get better at, at uh, becoming a defender. But anyway, they were incredible fighters. And so you see just some of the accounts on this, how just one of them would end up killing 50, 100 men in a battle. Just incredible, incredible warriors. Uh, The other reason why I say the Spartans and Deenicus, King Leonidas, were uh, warrior poets is because they fought for a higher purpose. Uh, Now, uh, when we say higher purpose, some would run to the Greek gods and they were certainly uh, reverential toward the gods, but not in the sense that I'm talking about usually. Uh, typically with in uh, amongst the pagans, Greek and Roman uh, deities, uh, the gods were something that you should placate. Uh, is uh, Hey, bring offerings to them, make sure they're not ticked off, hope we line up, give us strength, but it's not like a loving relationship where in adoration you seek to serve them, not your own will, but their will be done. It's not that kind of, oh, so they're reverential, good thumbs up toward the gods, but really what moves them isn't that higher purpose. It's the higher purpose of country. It's patriotism. Uh, For some of them, it'll be glory and honor, but really it's the state. It's patriotism, their uh, their um, country in general. Uh, so incredible, incredible patriots, and that's really what uh, the Spartans uh, really, uh, you know, uh, their hearts beat for. Uh, here in page 412, this is cool, and you'll get a little glimpse of King Leonidas as well, who I adore. Um, let's see, uh, of course. So what happened is the Spartan king, King Leonidas, was just killed on the battlefield. And the book picks up like this. Can his majesty recall? This is uh, the narrator of the story talking to King Xerxes as his captives. And he's like, Xerxes, do you recall what happened uh, when you killed our Spartan king? And uh, let's see, the Spartans hurled themselves into the teeth of the vaunting foe, flung them back to retrieve the corpse of their king. And then the narrator goes on talking to Xerxes, basically the king of the world. And this guy uh, is saying, listen, I'll tell your majesty what a king is. A king doesn't abide with his tent while his men bleed and die upon the field. A king does not dine uh, dine while his men go hungry, nor sleep while they stand at watch upon the wall. A king does not command his men's loyalty through fear nor purchase it with gold. He earns their love by the sweat of his own back and the pains he endures for their sake, that which comprises the harshest burden, a king lifts first and sets down last. A king does not require service of those he leads, but provides it to them. He serves them, not they him. Uh, there's this cool uh, uh, point, and, and um, you know, and I respect the Greeks and whatever else, but but I have to think of. Um, My favorite warrior poet, uh, Jesus Christ. The scripture says uh, that uh, in the Bible it says, uh, Now all authority in heaven and earth had been given to Jesus. So he stood up, took out his garment, tied it around his waist, and then washed his disciples' feet. There's there's such a degrading job to do. But he noticed the, uh, the role of sacrificial authority was in service to others. You're a leader so that you can serve others. And King Leonidas got that and I thought that was so, so cool. Uh, and so uh, there was one point where uh, a bunch of uh, you know uh, you know dudes from different uh, allied forces and they're gonna build this uh, wall before the Persians show up to keep him out and they're uh, showing up all these different plans and they couldn't agree or uh, on the plans for the wall and finally king leonidas gets sick of it and he just stands up while everyone's arguing goes out buys a bit gets a big boulder and he just starts building a wall and then everyone just dismisses the plans jumps in and starts building the uh, wall as well and then once everyone joined in he just kept working and working until the wall was his and he's like a 60 year old old tattered you know scarred up Spartan and here he is you know just you've been like for some a warrior to live that long I mean it's probably because he was just too stubborn to die it's like a it's like a first star sergeant in Ranger battalion now of times they're not physical specimens or anything they're just so stubborn pain doesn't even try to stop them anymore Uh, so uh, anyway that's funny Um, Let's see, there was, uh, um, yeah, anyway, uh, they fight for their king, their sons, uh, their, um, their wives, uh, pretty cool. Uh, also, they fight for, uh, the higher purpose is for virtue and for honor. Uh, let's look at uh, page 142. Hope you guys are still tuned in. This is fun for me, uh, but I like reading because I'm a nerd, uh, and reading is awesome. Uh, So, Deenicus was uh, just an incredible warrior, very, very influential, and they kept trying to promote him up through the ranks, but Deenicus said he liked the obscurity of just a simple platoon commander, he said. He felt more himself among the ranks. He refused all attempts to promote him beyond the platoon level, saying, I can't count past 36, uh, was a standard uh, disclaimer. Beyond that, I get dizzy. And, of course, it was a a joke, but really it says, Dynicus's gift and vocation more so than ever warrior and officer was that of a teacher. As all-born teachers, he was primarily a student. He studied fear and its opposite. And we're still waiting to answer the question, what is Dynicus's response to what is the opposite of fear? So anyway, uh, pretty cool. I, I really like that. And you can see a part of why I love him because he was always so funny with witty replies where he walks up to Egyptian who can't understand him and he smiles real big at him right before they're about to go to war. He shakes his hand. And he's like, I'll be carving your balls off. Uh, soon. <laughs> and uh, just kind of fun little, uh, quips like that uh, on the ranks level I mirror mean, page 153 has got some more of the honor virtue type stuff. Um, now, there was this, uh, this just like specimen called Polyneicus, and he was an amazing runner, and he's uh, kind of like a stud. And then there's Deinicus, and these two are both Spartans, but they, their character is in a little bit uh, contrast to each other. So uh, Polyneicus doesn't really like Deenicus, uh but anyway, it says For the runner, Polyneicus saw in Deinicus neither beauty of form nor necessary fleetness of foot, instead, he perceived a quality of mind a power of self-possession which he himself, for all the gifts the gods had lavished on him, uh, could not call his own. Polynicus courage was that of a lion or an eagle, something in the blood and the marrow which summoned itself out of its own preeminence, without thought and glorified in its instinctual supremacy. Deenicus' courage was different though. Uh, though. Listen to the warrior poet in him. His was the virtue of a man, a fallible mortal, who brought valor forth out of the understanding of his heart by the force of some inner integrity, which was unknown to Polynychus. I thought that was really cool. Let's answer the question of fear. On page 380, it said, uh, Dynicus finally comes to the conclusion that the opposite of fear Is love, and I thought that was absolutely. if y'all have seen my videos, one of the greatest uh, attributes that can overcome fear, that can make you ferocious on a battlefield, is uh, not because you hate what's in front of you; it's because you love what behind uh, what's behind you. And I've seen that in memes uh, since then, but that's absolutely true. True, if you uh, love freely, uh, you will fight courageously. Um. Uh, another reason why they were fighting for a higher purpose uh, was essentially just the battle of Thermopylae in general was a suicide mission. And I wanted to read kind of the uh, culmination of it all. So, uh, let's see. Um, there was It starts off in page 402 where the Egyptian comes as kind of like an emissary. It says, hey, last chance. Xerxes doesn't want to kill you, he just wants your weapons. And King Leonidas is like, come and get them. But he didn't say it like Gerard Butler did, I don't think. <laughs> because Leonidas <sighs> laughed and told them, come and get them. So uh, anyway, um, let's see. Behind the wall, Leonidas took station before the assembly. Uh, the tricep muscle in his left arm had been severed. He would fight today with a shield strap with leather across his arm. The Spartan's king, Spartan king's demeanor, nonetheless, could only be con- described as cheerful. And that's awesome because they're completely surrounded. They're all about to get annihilated. They know they're going to die. His eyes shone in his voice, carried easily with force and command. Why do we remain in this place? He addresses all his troops. and um, yeah. He says, a man uh, would have to be cracked not to ask this question. Is it for glory? And I, I do this very well because I've got my Spartan King Leonidas beard going on. It's not that epic, but you see the point? It's... It was for this that I did this, and now I like it, so I think I'll keep it. Uh, Is it for glory? If it were for that alone, believe me, brothers, I'd be the first to wheel my butt to the foe and trot like hell over that hill. He's gone, and laughter greets uh, him from his men. Uh, He let the swell subside, raising his uh, good arm for silence, because this one's just kind of hanging off of him loosely. He says, If we'd save our skins today, one by one the separate cities would have caved in behind us until the whole of the uh, Hellas uh, had fallen. That's all of Greece. The men listened soberly, knowing the king's assessment accurately reflected reality. He says, But by our deaths, here with honor, in the face of these insuperable odds, we transform vanquishment into victory. With our lives we sow courage in the hearts of our allies and the brothers of our armies left behind. They are the ones who will ultimately produce victory, not us. It was never in the stars for us. Our, whole, our role today is what we all knew when we embraced our wives and children and turned our feet upon the march out to stand and to die. That we have sworn and that we will perform. Our allied brothers are now on the road uh, going home now. Uh, and he gestures down the track, uh, the road that ran to the southern Greece in safety. We must cover their withdrawal. Otherwise, the enemy's cavalry will roll unimpeded through these uh, gates and ride our comrades down before they've gotten 10 miles. If we can hold a few hours more, our brothers will be safe. So you see, it was a suicide errand, but they they thought through the inspiration of their heroic deaths, it would send a ripple effect of heroism throughout all of Greece, and one army would now stand ready to avenge uh, those warriors who had now, though it's slain, had risen immortal in their eyes. Also, it was to cover the retreat of the rest of the allies who could go back, regroup, and uh, perform, having already faced and gathered great intelligence of the enemy. Uh, So anyway, these guys were warrior poets and a half. Uh, So through their example, my hope is that we would all be emboldened, that we would be strengthened as we learn from their example and we uh, continue in our quest uh, in Heroism in virtue and honor in uh, uh, learning the opposition or the opposite of fear. Uh, and uh, guys, read, read. I uh, hope it was helpful, guys. And I'll see you soon for episode uh, three of Warrior Pro Profiles. Just so you know, if I, I don't like. I'm not just going to Wikipedia something. I want to read books and do careful research. And so it takes me a little while to roll these out because I want to. Um, really get a good grip on something before I start doing it. And there's lots of other sources uh, to be uh, noted that I I could reference, but I really just wanted to focus in on one, uh, but I did my homework. So uh, anyway, comment, like, subscribe, share. Thanks for staying tuned and uh, see you next time, guys.